be away from the body is to be at home with the Lord. And the Apostle Paul says that is better by far, however good your life is. You cannot live a life that is so good it gets close to the joy of what will be yours in the presence of Jesus. Welcome to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. I'm David Pick. And Colin, that is good news because I think when we're happy, when things are going well for us, we might think, can life be any better than this? And the simple answer is yes. Well, yeah, indeed. And we live in a culture which is, you know, live your best life now. And for the Christian, that's impossible. How could you possibly do that? Because the best life is is ahead of us, to be at home with the Lord. I love that phrase, that I will be more comfortable, more at home, more myself, more at ease, more full of joy in the presence of Jesus than at any time, even the best time uh, here in this world. But for all of us, there will come a time when our life here is over. And we'll have friends, family, people we love and care about who are facing that. What can we say to them to encourage them today? Yeah, you know, that's one of the questions I get asked quite often as a pastor. Now, I've got this uh, loved one, a relative, a mother, a father, and they're a Christian, but they're coming towards the end of life. What can I say? What? How can I be helpful? How can I minister to them? They're going to die in the Lord. Well, we're going to talk about that very practically in the message today. And uh, my prayer is that this will be really useful and that we are able to comfort and strengthen other believers in the Lord as they prepare for this most remarkable transition from faith to sight and from life in the body to life in the presence of Jesus. That's something to look forward to in today's message. So if you can, open your Bible to Revelation 14 as we continue the message, Dying in the Lord. Here's Colin. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. Now see, this is very important. Not all of the dead are blessed. Some die in their sins. And as we saw last time, nothing in the world could be more tragic than that. But heaven declares to every Christian believer, to every follower after Jesus Christ, whenever you die, however it happens, whether it's suddenly unexpected in an accident, whether it's years and years from now, You are blessed if you die in the Lord. Isn't that a great assurance to live with? You say, what does it mean to die in the Lord? What would it be like for me at that moment? Let me offer to you just three very simple words that I think encapsulate what's at the heart of this wonderful, wonderful reality. To die in the Lord means first to be be released. You see, think of these martyrs and John's on the Isle of Patmos here, and there are going to be many, many more who are going to suffer very, very greatly down through the Christian centuries. Here's a believer, and he's imprisoned, and he's been tortured, and his body has become weakened, and he's surrounded by cursing, and he's in some dark and awful hole, and he's surrounded by hatred, and he's in in pain, and then in a moment he closes his eyes, and he awakens in the pure light and joy of the presence of Jesus, and he's released. Here's another Christian, not suffering persecution, someone more like us. She is enduring, though, the trial of a severe cancer. The treatments have become hard to bear. 
The energy is sapped. The scope of her life has become terribly, terribly limited. She, she closes her eyes in that bed or in that hospice and opens them in the brilliant light of the everlasting joy and presence of Jesus. Released life. Be away from the body is to be at home with the Lord. And the Apostle Paul says that is better by far. However good your life is here. You cannot live a life that is so good it gets close to the joy of what will be yours in the presence of Jesus. It means to be released. Second word, it means to be carried. Carried. Jesus told a story about two men who died. One was a rich man who died in his sins, lived for himself, and was characterized by greed and indifference. The other was a poor man called Lazarus who died in the Lord. And listen to how Jesus describes the deaths of these two men. This is in Luke in chapter 16 and verse 22. Jesus said, The rich man died and was buried, period. The rich man died and was buried. That's all you can say, really. He went into it and he went through it completely and utterly alone. He lived for himself. He died to himself. Then Jesus said, the poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. Remember Jesus said that? Jesus said that. That's what it is to die in the Lord. He was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. See, die in your sins and you go into death alone. You live for yourself. You die to yourself. Die in the Lord. You are carried by the angels into the presence of the Son of God himself in heaven. If you die in the Lord, you can say this. The Lord is my shepherd. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He's going to walk with you. He's going to carry you through this valley. It's a place he's already been, as we'll see again next week. Third word, released, carried, welcomed, welcomed. That's what it is to die in the Lord. It is to be welcomed into the immediate presence of Jesus who said, I go to prepare a place for you. The first Christian martyr was a man by the name of Stephen. He was a deacon of the church, a lay person, who boldly confessed his faith in Jesus Christ. And you can read the story in Acts in chapter 7. Stephen confessed Christ and when those who heard his testimony listened, they became absolutely furious. And the Bible tells us when they heard these things, they became enraged and they ground their teeth at him. And then I quote from Acts in chapter 7, verse 55, but Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and he saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened, and the Son of Man is standing at the right hand of God. 
Now, those of you who know your Bibles well know that after the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ, he is most often spoken of in the Bible as sitting at the right hand of the Father, speaking of the completion of his work. And Stephen, in the moment of his death, says, I saw heaven open, and I saw that Jesus was right there standing. Why was he standing? You know why? He's ready to welcome Stephen home. And that's how it's going to be for you if you die in the Lord. Released. Carried. Welcome. You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and the message, Dying in the Lord. And if you missed the start of the broadcast, or if you have to leave early, or if you missed the first part of the broadcast, which was yesterday, you can always catch up by going online to openthebible.org.uk. There you can listen again to this broadcast or to any of our earlier messages. We'll get back to the message now. Here's Colin. I want in the few minutes that remain just to make two kinds of applications, very briefly and very simply. There are two ways in which this needs to be applied. The first is that there are obvious applications to those who are dying. That is, not most of us here right now. It will be all of us one day. And for all of us, it will be someone else that you know. We spoke last week about what you might say to help someone who is not a Christian, who comes to this moment of death. I'm asking the question today, what would you say to a loved one at whose bedside you might be who is a Christian? What sort of things would you say to help them, to encourage them? Let me just give you some notes or some headlines that might be useful to you in ministering to others. Here's the first. Forget what you have done or failed to do for Jesus Christ. I'm thinking now about whenever that moment will come for me, uh, this is what I need to do. I need to get my eyes off my ministry. I need to get my eyes off everything I've tried to do for Christ and everything that I've not done for Christ that I wished I had done for Christ. When the moment of death comes, I've got to get my eyes off that. Remember, the good you have done should be behind you, not in front of you. Don't look there. Don't look at the life you have lived for Christ. Look at the life that Christ has lived for you. Forget your ministry. Forget your triumphs. Forget your failures. Look to Jesus and look to what he has accomplished on the cross for you. You may be with someone who says, I wish I had lived a better life. And if they're a Christian, this is how you will minister to them. There is no basis of confidence whatsoever in what I have done for Jesus Christ, but every basis of confidence in the face of death in what Jesus Christ has done for me. Think of it this way. Our work for Christ is like gold that is mixed with dross, and the New Testament says it needs to be refined. So you, you can't ever count on this gold that's mixed with dross. What you need to count on is the pure gold of what Jesus Christ, who Jesus Christ is and what he has accomplished for you and for me on the cross of Calvary. Calvary is pure gold. And the devil can have a field day, and often does with dying believers, pointing out this weakness and that weakness and this failure and that inadequacy. Don't look at what you have done or what you have failed to do. Look 
at Christ, your entrance into heaven does not rest on what you have done for him, but on what he has done for you. That is the good news of the gospel. And you need it in living, and you're going to need it in dying too. Therefore, flip side of that. Fully embrace what God has done for you in Christ. Good thing to have scripture and to have lines that run in your mind that remind you of this. There's a little poem that goes back to my Scottish heritage. Horatius Boner put it this way. I've never heard outside of scripture the gospel expressed more clearly than this. Upon a life I did not live. Upon a death I did not die. Another's life, another's death. I stake my whole eternity. That's the Christian's position. I'm not staking anything on me. I'm staking everything on Christ as I die in the Lord. Third, when you come to that moment when you are helping a friend who is coming near to it, rest on the unshakable promises of God. You've read the Pilgrim's Progress. You may remember that when the Christian comes to the moment of death, Bunyan pictures it very powerfully as crossing a river. And Christian and Hopeful go into this river together. And at one point, Christian feels that he's going to be completely overwhelmed. And Hopeful says to him this marvelous line in the Pilgrim's Progress. He says, be of good cheer because I feel the bottom and it is good. And that solid foundation that you can walk through even in death so that this river will not overwhelm you, which is the promise of Scripture. That foundation is the very promises of God in which you can rest. Christ knows his sheep and not one of them will perish. He has said, whoever comes to me, I will never, no, not ever turn away. You can rest your life, you can rest your death, you can rest your eternity on the unbreakable promises of God in Jesus Christ. So that's why it's good to store some scripture in your mind, the great promises, and to live in them so you can die with them. When you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Christ will be with you and his grace will be sufficient for you. And here's the fourth. Count on the grace and the presence of Jesus. You may find that you're with someone who says, you know, they become very fearful as they're getting near to death and they wonder, how am I going to do here? Never been this way before. You may have thought that sometimes yourself. There's a wonderful story that Corrie ten Boom told. When she was just a, a young child, she had become very, very fearful about death. And her father came into her bedroom one night and found that she was crying, and she explained that this was why. And her father very wisely said this to her, Corrie, when we go to Amsterdam on the train, when do I give you the ticket? And Corrie ten Boom said to her father, well, you give me the ticket just before we get on the train. And her dad said, well, our wise heavenly father knows just what we need at exactly the time that we need it. 
And when the time comes where some of us have to die, you will look into your heart and you will find that he gives to you the strength you need just in time. When I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. You are with me. And your grace will be sufficient for me. Well, now you may well have opportunities to apply these things and to be useful to someone you really love, either soon or at some time in the foreseeable future. But let me make a second application now just before we close. There's an application for the dying. There's obviously an application for the living. Because the key to dying well is obviously to live well. The whole of our life, the whole of your life is really a preparation for dying. The way to die in the Lord is to live in the Lord. So let me give these very brief applications and then we're through. Number one, live then with a clear conscience. Ask yourself, honestly, ask yourself right now, is there anything in my life now that I would be ashamed of if I were to die and stand in the presence of Jesus Christ tonight? Ask yourself that question. Ask it often. Seek to live with a clear conscience. And if there is something that would make you ashamed in the presence of Jesus Christ right now, be done with it. Don't hold on to anything today that you would let go of if you knew that you were to go into the presence of Jesus today. That's how to live well, in order that you may die well. Second, forgive people who have hurt you. I say this because it is a wonderful thing that we can do while we're living, and it is precisely what the Lord Jesus did. Do you remember, Father, forgive them? They do not know what they are doing. You say, you've no idea how much I've been hurt. Well, how much idea do you have of how much that cross hurt him? Father, forgive them. And what's so very significant as you read through the New Testament is that Stephen, the first Christian martyr, took the cue from Jesus, as it were, and did exactly the same thing. He said, Lord, as they were throwing stones at him, he said, Lord, do not let this sin be held against them. The Bible says, as far as it is possible, as far as it depends on you, seek to live at peace with all men. Let go of bitterness. There's none of it where you're going. So seek to be free from it as far as you possibly can now. And set your mind on the things that are above where Christ is seated. Third, practice dying every day. You say, what in the world do you mean by that? Well, I mean exactly what Jesus meant. You remember what he said? Luke chapter 9 and verse 23. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. In other words, Jesus is making it very clear that the Christian life involves a kind of dying every day. Now, every day there are thoughts that will come into my mind about me and how I want my life to be, and it has to be this, and it has to be that. I have to die to myself in order to live for Christ. I have to say no to myself and no to the flesh in order to live for the glory of God. 
Every day you are dying to yourself. If you are a Christian, this is what it's like in order to live for Christ. And let me give you just this one more quote from Spurgeon. I think it's marvelous. He says, no man would find it difficult to die who had died every day. He would have practiced it so often that he would only have to die but once more. It would be rather, he says, like a singer who has gone through the rehearsals and has but to put forth the notes just once and then to have it done. Now, win your heart from the things of this world. Live in the Lord. Die in the Lord. And here's the very last thing. Anticipate your future home. Set your minds on things above, Paul says to Christians, where Christ is seated. Place your treasure there. Place your heart there. When our family moved here from Britain 15 years ago, our boys just 10 and 8 years old, we committed to buying a home that my wife had never seen. How many guys have done this? It's a high-risk strategy. But uh, I had come across on a visit on my own just a few months before the family was due to come, and we had found this house, took photographs. It just seemed like a most marvelous place. And I said to Karen, well, here's the choice we got. You know, we, we, if you feel good about committing to this, we can do it now. And, uh, and if not, then we can get some temporary housing, and then we can look for something together, and, and it'll be a kind of two-stage move. She said, go for it. Go for it. And so when we arrived, she had her mind full of pictures, little videos that she had seen of this house where she had never been. And you know what? When we walked in, she said, I feel like I know this place already. Immediately at home. So that's how it's going to be for you when you enter into the presence of Jesus if You set your mind and your heart on things above? Is that how you're living? Or is it all about this world? The way to die in the Lord is to live in the Lord. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the Holy Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and that their deeds may follow them. You're listening to Pastor Colin Smith and Open the Bible and the second part of our message, Dying in the Lord. Originally part of the series, The Inside Story of the Future Life. And that message, along with nine other messages, were the most popular and most requested messages of the past year. And we've bundled them all together into this series, which we're calling Listener Favourites 2023. We'd love to send you a CD copy of this series. If you're able to set up a new donation to the work of Open the Bible in the amount of £5 per month or more, you can find full details of this offer on the Open the Bible website. That's openthebible.org.uk. And if you ever miss one of our messages, you can always catch up or go back and listen again by going to our website. That's openthebible.org.uk. Also on the Open the Bible website, you'll find Open the Bible Daily. These are a series of short two to three minute reflections written by Pastor Colin and read by Sue McLeish. There's a new one on the website every day.
You can find Open the Bible on all the major social media sites, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. If you use any of these sites, we'd love it if you would follow us. We're easy to find. Our username is the same on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. It's at UK Open the Bible. On YouTube, it's at Open the Bible UK. You can also find us using the search on any of the sites, UK Open the Bible. Once you've found us on social media, please follow us or subscribe to our channel. And when you see one of our postings, please like it. Or better still, retweet or resend it with your thoughts and comments. That way we get seen by all your followers and they have the opportunity to follow us too. Let's grow the Open the Bible community. For Open the Bible and Pastor Colin Smith, I'm David Pick. And I very much hope you'll join us again soon. Jesus calls his followers to a life of confession. But what does that mean? What are we supposed to confess? Find out next time on Open the Bible.